What's up, everybody? Matt Swifty Perry here today with a brand new Leader Swift episode. And can I tell you guys, this is probably one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. We have Todd Henry, the author of Herding Tigers, and, and Todd is an incredible leader. He has been teaching leadership for a very long time. Uh, he has spoken at the Global Leadership Summit. He has done TED Talks. Todd Henry is an incredible leader and brings us so much insight. Um, I really wish we could have done 10 more of these episodes with him. We're going to have him back in the future. But Todd brings us incredible insights on specifically leading creatives. But anybody in leadership, this is going to change your life. Uh, go ahead and share this episode with a friend uh, and leave us a review. It helps us to reach more people, to help more people grow as leaders. And so we're going to jump straight into this interview with Todd Henry. What is up, everybody? I am here with Todd Henry. I'm really excited about this one. How are you today, Todd? Matt, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. No problem. Todd, uh, tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, and a little bit about your leadership journey. Sure, yeah. So uh, my family and I live in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, which we love. We love this city. Uh, and I spent really the first, I would say the first 10 years, 10 to 12 years of my career leading teams of creative people uh, as creative director of an organization. Um, and then right around probably the halfway point of my tenure, uh, started realizing, you know, there is a tremendous need for the market within the marketplace for leaders and for individuals to understand how to be prolific, brilliant, and healthy all at the same time. Uh, because, because what I, what I saw was that there were a lot of people who were going through these cycles of crash and burn, refresh, crash, burn, refresh, but they weren't able to produce high quality work over time without burning out. And so I started for the sake of my team started doing some research on what is it that people who are able to sustain over the long term do effectively and came up with some, you know, some patterns that I began to observe and started teaching those to other people. And that pretty quickly turned into my full-time occupation. So for the last uh, 11 years, I've been, uh, basically teaching people in teams how to be prolific, brilliant, and healthy, and uh, leaders specifically how to lead their team to help them unleash their best work every day. That's amazing. Yeah, you wrote the book uh, Hurting Tigers. I know you've written others, but this book was incredible. I read it in a class for my master's degree in leadership, and I was like, oh, this book has a cool cover, like very creative. I love the colors. And then when I dove in, I'm like, wow, this is incredible content, not just for leading creatives, but just leadership in general, um, especially with the stuff after each chapter that caused you to think and reflect. It was it was just really brilliant. And I know you've you've done some TED Talks and you spoke at Global Leadership Summit last year, didn't you? I did, yes. Yeah, that was a great experience. That's amazing. There's, there's, there, there, there's nothing that quite prepares you for speaking to 405,000 people <laughs> around the world. <laughs> like, there's, I mean, let alone like the 10,000 people in the room, right? But then yeah. knowing that you're speaking to 405,000 people around the world, it's like you just can't prepare for that. So. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I used to – so I'm a pastor, and I worked at a church in San Diego where we actually streamed that. 
uh, into yeah. prisons. We had a prison ministry and people were watching the summit while they're in prison learning leadership. It was actually really incredible that we got to do that. Uh, but you, Fantastic. you speak to leaders all day, every, all the time. If you're in a room full of leaders and they just asked you, what is one practical leadership tip that's just going to help me lead better today? Uh, what would you tell them? I think the biggest challenge for most leaders is that they probably know how to do the work better than the people on their team because they probably did the work before the people on their team, right? Most people are kind of promoted up through the ranks and they have more experience. I would say the biggest piece of advice is you have to release the control valve. <laughs> um, you, you cannot control your team. If you try to control your team and control its work, uh, your team's sphere of influence will eventually shrink and shrink and shrink until it's no bigger than your own personal sphere of influence. Your team will not get better. Your capacity will not increase. So what we're aiming for as leaders is bounded autonomy, freedom within limits. So you need to establish principles. You need to be there to help and mentor and shape and guide your team's actions. You need to make sure that your team understands your expectations of them, but you need to give them freedom to do the work that you hired them to do. And so that's really hard, especially when it means early in the process, maybe they're making a couple of decisions that you wouldn't necessarily make, or maybe you see them doing something you may not do. I wouldn't take that approach. It's really tempting to just swoop in and try to control their work in that moment. And you need to... Instead, coach, you need to ask questions, you need to mentor, and allow them to understand not just what to do, but why to do it that way. So I would say that's probably the biggest piece of advice. And it's really the biggest trap that I've seen most leaders falling into is this, this control addiction. Instead, we want to lead by influence, not by control, meaning that we want to establish a leadership philosophy. We want to make sure that we're creating some guide rails for our team. But we want to make sure that they have the ability to, to think for themselves, to take risks for themselves, to try things, to experiment, uh, you know, and, to, and to learn how to do the work in a way that's going to enable them to solve not just the problem in front of them, but future problems as well. Because they're not, you're not just telling them what to do, you're telling them how to think about the work. Yeah, I think that can be one of the hardest things in leadership as well. Uh, for example, I, I lead a staff team, and I love creative stuff. I love being able to work on some graphics and think through creatively how are we going to reach people for Jesus. And I gave mm -hmm. that up to somebody on my staff. Um, even though I've, I've done it for 10 years and I've loved it, I, I had to love building leaders more than doing that. Um, and that was like my challenge. Yeah. Like, how do I fall in love with raising up leaders and giving that away and teaching them and helping them thrive even better than I could in that moment? Because I think that's part of leadership, right? We want to create people who can take it to another level farther than even we can. Well, and that's the big challenge, right? When you're when you're promoted into a leadership role, your job is no longer to do the work. Your job is to lead the work. And that's a fundamentally different thing, which is why a lot of people should not aspire to be leaders. I'm sorry, but, but that's the reality. Like, listen, if, if, if you're not willing to say, okay, I'm going to let go of control of the work and instead I'm going to build into other leaders who can you know, go out and do the work or other leaders who can go out and lead the work, then you, you shouldn't be a leader. 
Um, you know, because that is a fundamentally different job. Your job isn't to do the work. Your job is to lead the work. Wow. How do we release? I think that is one of the big questions, right? Like practically a leader's listening to this and they're like, I know I need to release some things for my family's sake, for our organization's sake. Like there just needs to be some releasing. What emotionally inside do they need to do? Cause I, th I think it's an inside thing, right? It's, it's an emotion that we get tied to all of these things things emotionally what do yeah. the, does the leader need to do to release and let go well and i think i think yes it's an emotional thing but i would even go a step further and say it's an identity thing i think a lot of leaders are afraid of how the work is going to reflect on them and their control is sourced in the need to make sure that everything that's done reflects well on them instead of are we moving toward the mission am i developing people you know it's like am i willing to allow something to maybe be good, not great in the short term so that we can do something great in the long term because I'm allowing my people to develop and I'm allowing my people to think about the, the work in the way that I want them to think about it. I think that, so I think the first step for leaders is to ask the question, what am I getting out of this work that probably isn't for the right reasons or isn't the most healthy dynamic? Um, you know, am I getting some sense of identity? Am I getting some sense of personal fulfillment that maybe not may not be a healthy personal fulfillment, right? By controlling the work, and then in those moments where you feel a need to step in. And by the way, I'm not saying that the leader shouldn't be involved in shaping the work, and I want to be really clear about that. There, there comes a time when it's the day before a big client presentation and the work just isn't there yet that the leader has to step in, right? Or maybe it's two weeks before that, or maybe it's whatever. But so, so I, I want to be really clear. I'm not saying, Hey, just let the work suck and it's fine. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Because you still have to do the work. But I think the, the question that you have to ask as a leader is, is there something unhealthy that I'm getting from this, from this control about what this work says about me personally, that I, I need to release. And that's always a good gauge, I think, when you're, anytime you're making a decision, a leadership decision is, am I doing this for me or am I doing this for the good of the organization and for the mission that we're serving? Um, and, and I think that same question applies very well to those moments where we're attempting to control. And, and the other thing, finally, the other thing I would say is, most of us are not pure managers or pure makers, right? Most of us are makers. <laughs> you know, we, yeah. we have some work that we have to do and that's fine. And you should, as a, as a leader, I write about this in Herding Tigers, you should have some work that you're doing so that you stay rooted. And by the way, I mean, some tactical work, right? Some, some technical, tactical, practical on the ground, I'm doing the work work so that you stay rooted. Also, so you maintain your credibility, with the team. So most of us, for most of us, it's not that pure. The question is, are you trying to control all of the work all of the time? Uh, that's, that's the big question for a lot of leaders, I think. Yeah, that is so good. And that was actually came out of my favorite chapter in the book. I believe it's chapter two. Uh, you wrote a lot about that in Herding Tigers. Um, that was incredible word. Uh, any last piece of advice before we head out of here, any last piece of advice for a leader, uh, any encouragement for them? Yeah, I would, you know, I think part of the challenge for a lot of leaders is they have big vision. They have big ideas, big things they want to do. And, you know, I would just encourage 
anyone listening right now to consider that it is very rare that somebody is called to change the world, right? Like we're, we're not like, I'm not, I don't know about you, Matt, maybe you are. I'm not, I'm not called to change the world, but I know for a fact that I am called to change the world around me. Right. And so my job isn't to try to figure out, at least personally, my job is not to try to figure out, you know, how can I change the entire world? My job is just to say, okay, in the interactions I have today, in the conversations I have today, in the leadership role that I play today, how can I change the world around me? How can I build into the people around me so that my influence over time will continue to echo? And I believe that's what happens with great leaders is that, you know, immature, insecure leaders build monuments to themselves, but mature leaders build into the lives of others. They create echoes in the lives of others. And those echoes continue to resound for generations. And so my challenge to people is be a leader who makes echoes. Be a leader who chooses each day to change the world around them. And if you do that, then your organization, your community, and the world as a whole is going to be a better place. Wow, that was so good. Todd, uh, what are some of the other books that people can jump on Amazon as they're listening to this and, and buy from you? Yeah, so my first book was The Accidental Creative, which is about how to organize your life and your days for being brilliant at a moment's notice, which we all have to do. Uh, My second book was called Die Empty, which is about places people get stuck and how to get beyond them. Uh, My third book was Louder Than Words, which was about how to identify and enact your creative voice in the marketplace. The fourth one was Herding Tigers, which we've been talking about. And then the fifth one, which comes out in October, is called The Motivation Code. And we have leveraged the largest repository of achievement stories in the history of humankind. And we've developed a framework that identifies what truly motivates people. There are 27 motivational themes that live within six families. Uh, We've leveraged over a million achievement stories. Uh, We've had tens of thousands of people go through the assessment that we've developed. And we really think this is going to transform how people, especially managers, think about motivating their teams, but how individuals approach their day-to-day work as well. So it's called the Motivation Code that comes out on October 6th. Wow, that's amazing. We'll have to have you back the week that drops uh, and and to talk more about that. That'd be amazing. Thank you so much, Todd, uh, for spending some time with us today. Thank you.